0: This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Teacher accountability remains a controversial issue in American education. Standard practice rewards teachers on the basis of the number of years they've been teaching and their academic credentials. Not much attention is paid to how effective they are in the classroom. Even teacher tenure is ordinarily handed out largely on the basis of years of experience. Not so much on quality of instruction. In California, a teacher can earn tenure in less than two years. But the state of Tennessee won a grant from the U.S. federal government when they changed the rules in 2012. Suddenly, tenure was available only to those teachers who performed above expectations. Not at expectations, but above expectations. So what was the effect of this new state requirement? Now, a decade later, Eric Taylor, an associate professor at the Harvard Graduate School of Education, has done some careful research that tells us just how well that Tennessee experiment is working. And his findings provide a rare piece of good news for the accountability movement. I'm pleased to have Eric Taylor with me today on the Education Exchange. Thank you, Eric, for joining me. Thank you, Paul. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Well, Eric, let's first talk about what did Tennessee do, and then we can go into how you studied it. They changed the rules for obtaining tenure for teachers in 2012. What did they do?
1: True, they they did two things at once. First, as you said, they changed the rules for tenure. But let me back up one step and say what the second part was. They changed the way in which they measured performance of teachers in Tennessee, and then they linked those measures to whether or not someone would earn tenure. So there's two
0: parts to this. That's right. One, they changed the things they looked at when they were trying to evaluate teachers, and they made this new approach. That's right. The way the basis for, for tenure. Right. So let's talk about the first part of that, uh, and then we can get on to
1: tenure. Right. So. Uh, About 10 years ago, as you said, there was a lot of new attention to the way in which we measure teacher performance. Much of that was spurred on by the Obama administration and their Race to the Top competition and later the waivers for No Child Left Behind. And what Tennessee did was pretty characteristic of what other states and jurisdictions did. So they changed their classroom observation measures to make them, in a way, more rigorous. Uh, now the classroom observations would be guided by a detailed rubric, uh, which described teacher practice in, in Tennessee's case, in 19 different tasks or skills, and described what the observer would need to see in the classroom in order to, to rate someone uh, as the top category, the middle category, the bottom category, etc. So classroom observations and the reforms to classroom observations were an important part of Tennessee's uh, new performance measures, and and also common in many other places. Tennessee also, for the teachers in my study, uh, began using value-added measures, the measures that, that are intended to capture a teacher's contribution to student test scores. They started this using the a
0: little bit, how much has a child learned as compared to last year. They were tested last That's year, right. now they're tested this year. How much did they learn over that? What's the value added by this teacher controlling for student characteristics? But but what's, what's the difference between this year and last year? That's sort of what you mean by value added. That's exactly case. what
1: I mean. So those measures, those value added measures, were also now part of how a teacher would be evaluated in Tennessee. And then there were a few other sort of smaller components uh, to a teacher's evaluation in Tennessee. But uh, both of those big components, the classroom observations and the value-added measures, uh, that was new for teachers in Tennessee, and it was new for many teachers in other places. So Tennessee is characteristic in that way. So how
0: much weight do they give to the evaluations as distinct from the test score measurement because there's a lot of controversy over just using these test scores to decide whether a teacher is a good teacher or not and I think in Tennessee they didn't rely strictly on test scores in fact I think they gave the most weight to the in-person evaluations by principals is that is that do I have that right
1: Yes, yeah, so the classroom observation scores were given 50% of the weight in a teacher's evaluation, and the uh, value-added scores, the teacher's contributions to student test scores, were given 35% of the weight, and the other measures, 15%. Uh, That's for the teachers in this study, which were uh, teachers in elementary and middle schools who taught um, math or language. For some teachers, there aren't value-added scores, and so the observations get more weight.
0: But your study focused in on these particular students, so this is what happens when you have that kind of an evaluation program. So who are you comparing these teachers to? Who's your control group?
1: I'm focused in this study on teachers in their early careers, in the first one to seven years of of working as a teacher. Uh, So I compare the teachers who were in that part of their career under the new evaluation program to teachers who were in that part of their career before the new evaluation program. So the comparison group is someone who was in year one, two, three, four, before this new uh, system of evaluation and and incentives. So they were
0: already teaching in 2012, they've been around as early as 2008, maybe earlier. Uh, And then you look at... uh, What was happening there? How well did they improve from one? Because, you know, all teachers improve from one year to the next, especially at the very beginning, right? A a rookie teacher, a a novice teacher, the first year of teaching, you never want to go through that again, right?
1: It's a very (laughs) difficult year. I can Uh,
0: remember that. I can remember my first year of teaching. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> it was pretty awful.
1: Well, I've never taught in an elementary or secondary school, but it was very difficult for me uh, uh, teaching college-age students as well. Um, yeah, I but, think
0: it's true up and down the line, I I, I I, just think everybody, it's like anything new in life, you know, if you first time you drive a car, it's not so fun, yes. it takes a little while for you to relax behind the wheel. So. Yes. It probably is the same for teachers. So teachers tend to get better over time, but at different rates, right? There's some people I know that can never drive a car, even to this day. They've improved <laughs> it somewhat, but not very much. Right. So, so there's a different rate of improvement, and yeah. is that that's sort of what you're looking at here. And
1: right? that is important to this particular research project. So it's important, since I said I focus here on teachers in the early part of their career, it's critically important to account for the normal way in which teachers improve from year one to year two year two to year three year three to year four etc so the comparison i'm going to make is between teachers who have the same amount of experience but were either working before or after the introduction of this new evaluation system
0: okay but they were teaching a long time ago or at least five you know five years or six years previously so um maybe life was different then i mean how, how can you be sure that you can compare people in 2012 to what was going on in 2008 when, which was actually when the recession was on yep. so maybe you're is this a fair comparison
1: right it's an important consideration and one that shows up in lots of educational research because we are often comparing change over time either for school systems or for individuals because it shows up in many research projects, we have a set of tools that help us account for that change over time. So uh, I've used those tools in this particular project. So for example, uh, uh, we might control for the year effects on it uh, for a given test. So maybe s- the students are sort of generally getting better or scoring higher on a particular test. And, uh, and if we didn't account for that, it might look like the school system was uh, getting better over, or an individual teacher was getting better over time. Um, so, uh, so I'm accounting for that kind of secular trend in test scores in this particular project.
0: Okay, so so what did you find, Eric?
1: Yeah, that's lots of lots of research details before we get to the results. The it's a really I think interesting and promising result. So, um, teachers improved. Teachers. Uh, made larger contributions to their student test scores. That is, their value-added scores were higher uh, after the introduction of the new evaluation program. Uh, and I think this this simple result uh, is actually very important. I mentioned how much
0: higher are we talking about? But I know it's difficult to translate all yeah. these fancy statistics into ordinary yeah. language. But yeah. uh, first, give me the fancy statistic, and then see if you can. Right. <laughs> or together we can try to translate. Yeah.
1: In student standard deviation units, this is an improvement of about 3% of a student standard deviation, 0.03. Well, that's not,
0: you know, that's not insignificant, but it's fairly small. So, as a percentage of, uh, I think over the course of four years, a student is going to learn about the full standard deviation more between right. the you know grades four and eight, so um, this is three percent or four years of learning, or you know maybe ten percent or twelve percent of learning in any one year, maybe. So,
1: right as a percentage of total learning, or as a percentage of the total differences or variation in student test scores, this is relatively small, three percent it's larger as a share of the total teacher contributions to that learning. So our estimates across a number of studies over the past two or three decades uh, suggest that a teacher's contribution is something between 10 and 20% of the variation in student test scores. So this 3% you could think of as uh, something like
0: ten um, percent of what a teacher you right. can you can improve a teacher's a little effectiveness bit more than 10%, by right. a little bit more than ten percent. So it's that's more than trivial.
1: That's right? more than I trivial. Think. If we're thinking about policies and practices that are directed towards the teachers and trying to improve their role in the education process. If
0: you could extrapolate that out to the you know, the school in general, to teachers in general. That would mean every year people are getting that much more, and over the course of 12 years of education in uh, elementary and secondary school, that could be that could be you know a big deal.
1: That's right. That's right. Especially if that improvement in a teacher's practice persists over time, because that teacher will teach many classes of students over their career. You're right.
0: Well, now you were looking at them at a particular point in time, just when they were uh you know preparing themselves for for tenure uh because the tenure was one of the prizes you got for being a high performing teacher performing above expectations as i as i recall reading your paper so um so when you get tenure in tennessee
1: under the new policy that started in 2012 remember we mentioned there was a change in performance measures There's also a change in the the rules for how a teacher could earn tenure. So under the new policy, you would be eligible to earn tenure after working for five years as a teacher. And in order to successfully earn tenure, you had to score above a particular threshold in both years four and five. If you did that, you would earn tenure after your fifth year, and, and, uh, and, and then you'd be tenured. Uh, under the old policy, uh, you could earn tenure after your third year. And there were some there were some much milder requirements that were related to performance, but this was definitely a big shift in the performance-related requirements for earning tenure.
0: So there were two parts to this reform in Tennessee. One, they put into place a really serious evaluation plan and two they said tenure comes after five years and you have to show that you've been able to perform above expectations in your fourth and fifth year uh in order to get that tenure so that's pretty good but now and you show that it's got a big effect but then maybe it's just effect for those years Does it persist after they get tenure? Is there any sign that this actually produces a better teacher over the long run?
1: Well that's part of the motivation for doing this study was to look over the long run. So it's been 10 years, that seems like a long time, but remember these teachers were just at the beginning of their careers when this new program took effect. So I can't look at what will be true when they are in their 15th or 20th year as a teacher, but I can look at what's true after they earn tenure. So imagine uh, following a group of teachers in the period before they uh, earn tenure and then for a couple of years after they earn tenure. In those years after they earn tenure, they're maintaining those uh, improvements that we saw in the period before tenure. So they're not returning down to some prior level of performance like the prior cohorts of teachers. They're, they're doing better.
0: So you are now comparing these newly tenured teachers to the teachers who were newly tenured prior to the reform. And you're seeing that the kind of improvement you saw at the beginning is still persisting over time.
1: That's right, I'm looking at the trajectory of their performance from year one through year seven. So some teachers in the pre-period will have earned tenure at year three, and under the new program, would have at the uh, teachers would have earned tenure at year five. But I'm comparing both groups over that uh, seven-year period of their uh, of their career.
0: And there's one other thing that you do that's sort of special that I I really appreciated, and that was you sort of say that th- teachers get better even before the f- rule uh, comes into full effect. That's right. So, so can you explain how you found that?
1: Yes. So as we've mentioned a couple of times, teacher evaluation has gotten a lot of attention in American education policy discussions over you know, the last 10 or 15 years. And part of that discussion, if you listen, are different rationales for why we might engage all of this investment in teacher evaluation. Um, One rationale you can kind of think of as the conventional economics rationale, Uh, and that rationale starts by saying uh, what we need to do is measure performance, second, attach some reward or consequence to that performance, measure, Uh, and as a result of taking those first two actions, teachers will respond to those uh, potential rewards or consequences, consequences by increasing their effort in the classroom and students will be better off as a result. So that's one kind of rationale that you'll hear uh, in the policy debates. A second rationale is that teachers are well-motivated already, that they don't need any sort of external reward or consequence, that what they need is feedback on their performance and that they will take up that feedback Uh, and improve and kids will be better off because uh, teachers received that feedback and were able to to do better. So this study actually provides an opportunity to compare these two rationales. When Tennessee started this new evaluation program in 2012, all the teachers in the state received the new performance measures. So all of the teachers were being measured with classroom observations and for the teachers in my study with value-added. And we're getting feedback. And they were all getting feedback. So they all improved. So all of them improved. Uh, Remember, we said 3% of a standard deviation. So that's the average effect. There are two groups of teachers. One group of teachers who had not yet earned tenure when the new rules began, a second group who had just barely earned tenure uh, a couple of months ago or maybe a, a year ago. And I can compare those two groups of teachers all of them received the new performance measures, but only the group who had not yet earned tenure uh, had some consequence attached to their performance measures. All of those teachers improved, their performance improved, but the group who had uh, tenure consequences attached to their performance measures improved twice as much. So the group who already had tenure and received performance measures improved about two percent of a standard deviation. And the group that received the performance measures with some consequence attached improved four percent of a standard deviation.
0: Well, so in other words, both things are important, but if they're put together, they have a bigger effect than if just um, feedback. Feedback is good, but feedback plus Having a goal objective in mind that uh, you get only if you perform well is even, even better.
1: That's right. And so in that sense, both of those rationales I outlined uh, are consistent with the data from this experiment.
0: But some people will say, well, you know what, it's not, it's not that there was any change by any teachers. It's just that you have a new group of teachers arriving on the scene. These teachers know they're going to be evaluated. The ones who don't want to be evaluated just don't go into teaching in Tennessee. They go over to uh, Arkansas or some other place. That's right. So how do you, how are you really sure that it's the evaluation having an effect or or that you're getting a selective recruitment, a different kind of teacher today than you had in the past?
1: That's right. So as is typical in studies like this, uh, there are a, a set of sort of ancillary analyses, as you know, Paul. One is looking at teachers who are entering the state of Tennessee over time and whether their observable characteristics are changing, and that does not seem to be the case. Perhaps more powerfully, the teachers that I'm comparing when I described the two groups a moment ago and the 2% versus 4%, all of those teachers were already working in Tennessee when the new uh, evaluation and tenure rules started. So they had already chosen to work as teachers in Tennessee, uh, and then in the study I follow them over time.
0: Well, this is a fascinating uh, study, Eric, and congratulations on your excellent uh, work. So thank you for joining me on the Education Exchange. Well, thank you, Paul. This was fun. I have been speaking with Eric Taylor, associate professor at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and author of a new study. On employee evaluation and skill investments with the teachers, uh, the uh, employees, uh, especially in mind. It was released this year on the website of the National Bureau of Economic Research. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me for a new Education Exchange podcast released on the Education Next website every Monday at noon Eastern time.